I can't have moderation when there are these many. I can't have moderation when there are, when there. I can't have moderation when there are these many plums. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you to say that line again, and here's why. I have a hard time editing that because you always ramp it up. Like when you fuck something up, you don't. It's like this is how I'm gonna say it. This is how I'm gonna say it. This is how I'm gonna say it. I get frustrated. Like, <laughs> like you just say it again, but just the same. Ways before. There can't be any moderation when I have this many plums. Nice. Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello, all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. Hey, I'm Lauren. Lauren, we're not talking about weather, but that is a definitely a fine fleece you have on. It's not a fleece. It's just a long sleeve shirt with a zipper. I have found so many ridiculous... And I know it's all fast fashion, so I should get that out of the way first. But man, Instagram is only recommending me clothes that I absolutely love. I have a sweater that looks like it came out of a video game. I look like an emo nightmare character. I want to see this sweater. Oh. <laughs> I should flee to the closet and retrieve this sweater and then just edit all that silence out? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, here it is. Okay, it appears to be a black sweater with some sort of shiny material around the shoulder area, but uh, sort of more covering the clavicle area, I should say, strips of it. I mean, I guess it gives you kind of a Kylo Ren look. It is. So, like, the top half looks like Darth Vader's pants, right? Right. But here is the part that sold me. Oh, my God. I am a 1999 theater kid because this was so appealing to me. What you were showing me is a thumb hole. You do look (laughs) like you could be on the set of Rent. (sighs) This sweater is so exciting to me. I feel like I'm adopting an identity that I wasn't allowed to when I was in high school. And Were the thing you is, if some... a theater kid in 1999? I wanted to date a theater kid in 1999. Oh, you weren't a theater kid. Okay. I was a band kid. Yeah. I played the tuba, which, given my current level of coolness, that pretty well tracks. <laughs> oh, man. He was an outcast then. He's an outcast now. But I do have this sweater, and I bought this sweater on Instagram. It is so hot. This I am burnt. I have put this thing on 10 seconds ago. I am melting right now. I cannot wait until it actually becomes cold. Oh, yeah. That'll be good. We've been having... Oh, yeah. I'm not allowed to talk about weather. Weather. Every single thing that I have bought that has felt inadvisable... Also, I don't wear fast fashion like that. When I get fast fashion, I wear it until it falls apart. And well, that's pretty quick with fast fashion. Not for me. This stuff lasts ages. Maybe just because I, I, like, I take care of it and follow the washing instructions. Like if something says hand <laughs> wash only, I do. What is that one? Your what does that sweater say? That one is washer safe, and that makes me very very happy because Good. it it is it is washer safe, line dry, and I can do both of those things. All right. Just like my tracksuit that I that I debuted last week on this podcast, that washer safe, line dry. I'm about to light that piece up. I cannot leave the house with that thing without getting compliments. 
<laughs> I visited a new therapist today, and I was told that I speak very intensely. Sure. I don't I, know. Uh, I've known you for so long that... Yeah, yeah, I guess I would say that's correct. But I think you probably do as well. Sometimes. I think sometimes maybe I can also do... be kind of flat affect, though. Maybe we both just fill the space. Were you a theater kid? Yes. You were. So did you get lessons on projection? Yes. I never did. I never got lessons on projection. But you're very good at it. Well, then I heard about it. Then when I was older, maybe like in college or something, they were talking about projection. I think it was a speech class now that I think about it. And they were like, oh, oh, you're good at this. And I was like, that's how you talk. If there's someone far away, you talk to meet them. And nowadays, it's often perceived as yelling by Mm. people. And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm talking, so this bar is loud, and I'm talking at you so you can hear me. Right, right. That makes sense. That's appropriate. I wonder if your tuba playing uh, helped you with breath control. (laughs) No, that was the BDSM lifestyle. See, I seriously considered that for a moment. I was never in the scene. If I introduce a lie like I should be a con man. I have missed my calling. I'm a very gullible person. I think it's because I have a good imagination. And so no matter what someone tells me, I will do all sorts of mental gymnastics to make it possible. That So will QAnon. Hey guys, Biden is leading the world cabal, but also he's a hologram. Keep that in mind. I, I can see how that would be compatible. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, what are we talking about today? I am doing pie problem. <laughs> Unre- absolutely unrelated to anything. And it has nothing to do with pie, the number being 3.14. Although, I guess you could say that trying to learn how to measure the com- calculate the circumference of a circle could be considered a pie problem. Anyway, if I eat one more piece of pie, I'll die. If I can't have one more piece of pie, I'll die. So, since it's all decided, I must die. I might as well have one more piece of pie. Mmm. Ooh. My. Chomp. Gulp. Bye. Bye. And there is a picture of a very pudgy arm, very much like the way a baby's arm is pudgy. It's like a baby's arm, doesn't it? Yeah, tossing a slice of pie. Have you been watching the Monty Python Mr. Creosote sketch lately? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you don't remember that from The Meaning of Life? Oh my god, this was it's been a while. formative for me as a child. And mm. my parents... Yes, now I do remember. I do remember, but describe it. <laughs> So I was exposed to Monty Python, uh, mostly through KERA, Public Access Television in Texas, and my mom when I was young, because she really appreciated British humor, and then I did as well. And I remember being way too young to see the Holy Grail, and I remember being way too young to see the meaning of life. And there's a sketch in The Meaning of Life where there is a very fancy French restaurant wherein is introduced Mr. Creosote. And Mr. Creosote is the size of five people welded together. And he's wearing a tuxedo for no discernible reason other than it's a fancy restaurant. And he comes in and proceeds to order everything on the menu all while vomiting copiously. 
and it is visceral. I have been nauseated by, if you can call it a sketch, I don't even know if you you can call it a sketch, but I've been nauseated by this sketch so many times because it's exactly the right shade of gray and the waiter opens the menu and he coats the menu and I think it's Michael Palin that's playing Mr. Creosote and John Cleese is the waiter and he orders everything on the menu and has a bucket nearby so that he can vomit while he's eating and then towards the very 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 end of the meal uh, the waiter offers him a waffer thin mint Oh, but come on, sir. It's it's only wafer thin. Oh, bugger off. I couldn't eat another bite. And ultimately, Mr. Creosote accepts the wafer thin mint and explodes and coats every patron of the restaurant in his gray, chunk-filled bodily fluids it is amazing and he's left kind of a qu- it's, it's very much body horror he's left kind of a quivering skeleton there and god it, <laughs> wow it, it, you it remember li- this very well it lives forever in my mind and i loved it I, lo- I loved it in the same way that i love like scanners when the guy's head explodes and it's it's just it's so good yeah i vaguely remember how it went but certainly not in that detail <laughs> I just chose this poem because last week, my friend and I harvested a lot of plums. Plums! A lot of plums. And so, Did you make pies? Not yet. I have made, <laughs> I have made uh, fruit leather. I have dried plums. I have frozen plums. And I even got a vacuum sealer from my buy nothing group in order to freeze plums. I have given plums away to the neighbor. I have <laughs> had plums in oatmeal. I have made a plum cake. And I still have two huge mixing bowls filled to the top with plums. <laughs> and we are getting to the point where they're getting quite soft. And if something isn't done, they're going to collapse on themselves and just become a fruit fly soup. You know what you have to do. It is preserves and it is pies. Yes, exactly. So I do have to do... That's the thing about fall for me is that sometimes I get very anxious because it's harvest season and there's all this harvesting and I spend a lot of of my time on food. I'm eating very good food as a result, but I don't have time to do a lot more than like pickling and drying and cooking and other things. I wish I could empathize because I've never been one for gathering and foraging foods as you are. Yes, I am compulsive about it. Mostly my foods are purchased with the intent to be consumed within the following week. And that's really very easy. And from time to time, I will freeze a thing. And then usually, well, I mean, you know, like ground beef, which doesn't really apply to you. It's like if you have three kilos of ground beef from Costco or whatever, that can last ages, and that can go into sauces and soups and curries and all kinds of great stuff. But as far as having, like, a fruit that if I put it in the freezer, it's definitely going to lice, and I've got to deal with this within the next week, and also I have to give rhubarb away to every single neighbor that I... I, I know you don't have rhubarb, but rhubarb is a funny... Oh, I have rhubarb. I do have rhubarb. But... Yeah, no, all of my efforts would be towards the things that, like, my grandmother did. 
right Who now is in my plum fridge. pie? I've never had a plum pie. Uh, I think it's good. Um, I'm trying. I don't know if I've ever made a plum pie. I've made plum crumble. I've made plum cake, which is quite similar to plum pie. You usually don't make it so much full of the cake so much as it is full of the plum. I'm curious to get your thoughts. I think a plum pie and a plum cobbler are exactly the same thing. Confirmed and I? Pies usually have a more firm, discreet crust. <laughs> a and by firm... discreet, I, by discreet, I don't mean it's like hidden or hard to see. What I mean is it's it has its own definition. It is separate from the filling. Whereas when you're making a crumble or cobbler or something, there's a lot more mixing. If you were a cake, what kind of cake would you be? Lemon, but a little stale. (laughs) (laughs) Is it it the fact that the fruit in and of itself is off-putting, but when you combine it with the rest of the, you know, the factors therein, it becomes really delicious? What do you mean? So... When I think of you, I can't help but think of your like sobriquet, right? You're you're Lauren, and you're also Lorange, right? Yes. You're always going to be that. Sure. Secondary, secondary to your habit of eating inadvisable things, and here's a piece of fruit that I found in a train locker, and oh boy, I better just shove that right in my gob. That surely won't go poorly at all. It turned out to be a yuzu. It turned out to be a yuzu, and. Have we, we've told that story on here, haven't we? I think we've told the locker fruit story. Probably. But anyway, so you're Lorange. A lemon, in and of itself, no one is going to eat that. That's very unappetizing. But if you put it in cake, then, oh by golly, that's that's super good, right? Right. And so, there is like the idea of Lauren on paper, where it's... Uh, like constituent parts become very spiky where it's like i'm very confrontational i'm super into foraging i uh, have very strong opinions about things but then you wrap it up in the container and it becomes really cool and delicious and nice what kind of cake would you be i would be a pineapple upside down cake i'm all for that i asked this question because i was asked this question and i was given a very what I took as a complimentary response. But in retrospect, it probably wasn't. The question was, if you were a cake, I said, pineapple upside down cake. They said, yeah, I think you would be a dense cake. (laughs) Ooh. See, I would think you're like somewhat unexpected and a bit of a fruit. Fair. <laughs> oh golly, should I read a poem? Yes, please. Well, I don't think you have this poem. I think this is in the special edition only. No, I have a very old version that is falling apart. Oh, oh there it goes. Oh, there went some of the pages. A part fell out of it just there. Yeah. I saw it. Well, I am reading uh, the hungry TV set. There was a hungry TV set who never got to try one taste of all those luscious-looking things it couldn't buy. All day, all night, its screen was filled with puddings, cakes, and pies. And the TV cried and longed 
to try the things it advertised. So one cold and dark and hungry night, while all the household slept, the TV just unplugged itself, and down the stairs it crept, into the kitchen, to the fridge, and there before its eyes were all those scrumptious, tasty, tempting things it advertised. It gobbled up the cookies, it slurped up all the soups, it munched the muffins and the tarts, it crunched the Fruity Loops. It swallowed all the puddings, it gulped the chocolate mousse, it chomped the frozen pizzas, it guzzled down the juice. It finished with some ice cream and some after-dinner mints, then slowly waddled back upstairs and plugged itself back in. And there it sits and moans and burps and gasps and groans and sighs and thinks with indigestion that it might not be too wise to ever go and eat the things that you advertise. That's a very cute poem and also pretty pretty appropriate for with the one that I read. It was completely coincidental. There is an illustration. It's what you expect. It's a TV set with some feet, and it's eating uh, food. The The food is nondescript. Is the TV going to poop? That's questionable. Any place that... It's an old tube TV, as you might imagine, and so what... I suspect that an old tube TV has a cloaca. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, very primitive very, plumbing. Very bang for your buck as holes go. You know, just just, just all in one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we have done well. We've done very well today because I picked this for a completely unrelated reason because I ran across an old meme the other day. This is from at Tune Jackson on twitter but it was like a retweet of a retweet of a retweet and it's right. really really old like originally it's from 2019 originally oh and the before times the before times and the tweet is the ceo of pepsi recorded saying he'd never let his family touch any of the products zuckerberg puts duct tape over his camera lens and mic while using facebook steve jobs banned his kids from using the ipad and the ceo of mcdonald's doesn't even eat his own company's food and then it's subtitled question everything, right? And so it seems a little bit silly to me because, yes, Pepsi's not good. McDonald's not good. Facebook's not good. All, yes, yes. No one's in disagreement about this. But I was really curious as to whether or not the pe these people do consume the things they advertise. I imagine they do. And the answer is kind of. Right. So Zuckerberg puts tape over his camera and mic. Yes, that's true. It's the, really the only quibble there is that it's probably not duct tape, and these days he probably right. has one of those slidey things. Yeah, yeah. Um, the current CEO of McDonald's is Chris Kipsinski, and he eats a lot of McDonald's. At least one or two times a day. His go-to order is a fish fillet, a medium fry, and a Diet Coke, and 
a plain vanilla sundae. That's a lot of McDonald's to be consuming. However, he's also a fitness nut and jogs quite a lot. I mean, I'm sure I would find it delicious after a day of biking. The CEO of Pepsi, there's really no record of that ever happening. Um, Probably Pepsi people drink as much Pepsi as anyone else. Right. I mean, I don't drink Pepsi or eat McDonald's. And when I say that, that doesn't mean I never do either. It's a, a matter of convenience for me. Steve Jobs did say before he died that his kids didn't use the iPad that much and their device time was limited at home, but he also died in, when was it, 2014? You're the one who watched a bunch of biographies about him. Yeah, watched the Steve Jobs movie. Steve Jobs, I want to say it was 2014. 2011. Steve Jobs died in 2011. (laughs) Uh, And the iPad came out in around about 2010, I think was the first generation. So, yeah, kind of on that one. But if nothing else, my takeaway from this is all things in moderation. Like, yeah, if you're the CEO of McDonald's, go ahead and eat McDonald's. Also, jogging, what I'm told, is 50 miles a week. That's a lot of jogging to do. There can't be any moderation when I have this many plums. Ah, yes, plums in moderation unless you want to shit water. What's the best apple? So I'm weird. I like apples that have kind of a mealy texture, but are taste really good. Like so, you mealy. What? Fuji. Oh, okay. Uh, my favorite is an apple called Rome. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah, those are really good. Yeah, I really like Rome apples. Uh, I also really like opal apples. Mmm. How about jazz? I can't remember what those are like. I love apples. And for me, and but the thing is, I'm a slave to consumerism, and so my go-to is Honeycrisp. They're fine. Love them. Oh, I can't get enough. How do you feel about Cosmic Crisp? Fuck me, I haven't had one. They're a mix of Honeycrisp and another apple that I don't remember. (gasps) They came out a few years ago, and there was a big hullabaloo. Everybody was excited to try the new apple variety, and then everybody had them, and it was like, yeah, these are fine. Oh, I've got to try now. Do you remember Grapples? Yes. Oh, that was the best when they were like, we mixed an apple and a grape, and then they completely didn't. They had just like sprayed an apple with grape flavoring. Oh my God, I loved them. Really? I had no idea that's what happened. It was a filthy lie. They didn't do that at all. They took an apple and just like rubbed grape flavoring on it. I I had no idea. I loved them for that lie. I didn't really pay much attention to them. I was just like, huh, that's an interesting thing. And that was it. I don't think I ever ate one. Should I do the uh, Should I do the uplifting thought? Yeah, I'm depressed. At Nelson Park in Vancouver, BC, there is a dog called Hannibal, and he has posters that they have hung at the fence line of the dog park, and they say "Play fetch with Hannibal," and Hannibal knows the routine. He will bring the ball to the fence and give it to you. And then you can throw it, and he will give it to the next person. That's delightful. Thank you for sharing that. That really is nice. (laughs) 